Good evening, Mr. Smelly. How are you tonight? I'm cold. Uh, Tommy in the term just said, uh, is it cold here? And it, uh, we're in Spud Flats, New York, folks. It's about equal distance between uh, the Star Sage residents and my own. And in Spud, it's cold uh, in my own abode here in the chicken coop. Oh, not here, but <laughs> where I live in the chicken coop apartment earlier today. I'm not there now. I had to turn the heat on for the first time. Oh, yeah. It, it's been dipping a bit lately. Uh, you know, my morning walks, I've actually had to put the whole suit on, the sweats and the, the zip-up hoodie. So it has been rather chilly. But, you know, Toppy, I, I'm glad that uh, Gertie dragged out these blankets. <laughs> They're a little dusty. But uh, Ooh, look at the moths. Uh, hey, yours has got some holes. Um yeah, uh, I'm glad that Gertie found these blankets because darn it, that landlord of ours. Well, they're pinching those pennies still. I think they don't know the depression's over. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, it, it, listen, DJ, you and I both know to heat an old place like this, as big as it is, costs a lot of moolah. I get it. Uh, we're just going to have to suffer. But uh, uh, Gertie, uh, uh, thanks. Thanks for the blankets, moth holes, and, and everything. Oh, shut up. Ooh, geez. Oh, well, that's quite a mouth you got there, sailor. Hey, uh, how about you uh, make it on down to shore so we can uh, get this introduced? All right. I'm going. <laughs> oh, we love our Gertie. <laughs> All right. Oh, Here we go. Share is a privileged teen experiencing the day-to-day -day life of a high schooler in Beverly Hills when along comes a new girl and it's makeover time. Will Cher's pet project win over her crush? Will she pass debate class? Will her dad take away her car? Alicia Silverstone makes her debut in this mid-90s take on Jane Austen's novel, Emma, grab your sensible shoes and a charge card. It's time for Clueless. Hit it, boys. What do you get when you take a dash of the silver screen, a pinch of golden oldies, and a smidgen of screaming? It's time for Matinee Minutia with your host, DJ and Toppy. Well, Toppy, we are here once again at the beautiful Marionette Theater, and we're here to talk about film and television trivia. Now, I don't yes, indeed. I... Tonight, uh, something completely different uh, that we're doing here. Uh, tell them about it, DJ. Well, we have just been around the bend. We started off season two with talking about a movie from 1983. And then we went in the Wayback Machine. We went back to 70, was it 72? No, it was, yeah, 72. Something. And now we are going to be going uh, more recently. This is a film from 1995. But before we get to that part, uh, we were going to tell the folks, uh, we ran into a certain someone when we went down to that that sci-fi thing we go to in the Mid-Atlantic. Um do you, yeah, Tommy just mentioned it in the chat room, Farpoint. 
We sure did. You know, we go to this annual event, and it's basically a nerd family reunion for everyone into sci-fi, and we ran into the most fabulous of entertainers there, Toppy. Do you remember what this person was dressed as? Well, <clears throat> she had this uh, lovely, uh, uh, very uh, exposed her bosom, uh, but she was playing a, a Troy's mama. Um, and uh, what's her name? Oh, yes. Well, Loaxana Troy, now the personality playing her, was none other than the Baltimore area host and entertainer, Demanda Martini. Yes. So, um... And the fun thing is uh, that tonight we are going to feature portions of an interview that we did with Demanda. She's actually, even as we speak, it's, it's a Friday night. Uh, drag queens are often busy on Friday nights, so she, we could not latch onto her to actually be here in person. But we did pre-record an interview with Demanda. And this movie tonight is her choice clueless and uh toppy i do believe we might have a a regular or two in the chat room there take a peek for me and see if we have anyone new even well we do um very pleased to say but um always happy to uh have uh, our friends join us here in the discord chat room except that stupid night but uh but tonight we have Aunt Tudor. And we also have what happened to the other Tudor? The Toots. The Toots is gone. We just have Aunt Tudor. Uh, but uh, we also have uh, um, um, uh, Marin Kurtz. I always say that wrong. DJ, <laughs> how do you say that? Moran, like Mother Hen. Okay, Moran Gertz. We also have our pal Tommy, uh, who we go to Farpoint with. And uh, last but certainly, uh, not leastly, we have uh, Kingsley, who is a listener to many, 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 many podcasts out there. And uh, we're pleased as punch that uh, I guess he's listening to... Uh, Matt Namenushin, he's here in the chat room with everybody else. Thank Excellent. you for joining us, Kingsley. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight, folks. And I would normally give you a round of applause, but, well, they sent the monkey home early. Oh, so tonight we're going to discuss this uh, mid-90s film. But before we get to that topic, you know what we normally do with this part of the show? We play a trailer. Oh, <laughs> well, no, actually, we, we get our folks uh, in the mindset of what was going on. Then we, we wrap their mind around the current events of that time. So this is the oh. world. Yes, the world in 1995. So this is, uh, you know, 30 right. to 60 seconds or so. All right. So world events in 1995. The San Francisco 49ers became the first National Football League franchise to win five Super Bowls. Uh, let's see. We also have Dr. Bernard, Dr. Bernard Harris Jr. and Michael Full became the first African-American and Britain, respectively, to walk in space. So they, they went outside the vehicle together and they were the first 
Uh, let's see. Yes. And then in and that vehicle would have been the space shuttle. Yes. Uh, and I think that was ordered by President Nixon. One of the good things that he might have done. Uh, anyways, so really in, that long? Yeah. Okay. It, well, you know, government contracts. It takes a while. And costs a lot. Uh, in Denver, Colorado, in 1995, Stapleton Airport, the original Denver Airport, closed. In its replacement, the new Denver International Airport, which is the largest in the United States, opened in 95. Also, oh, well, congrats to all you Denver people. Yeah, my home away from home. Now, also in 95, astronaut Norman Thagard becomes the first American to ride into space aboard a Russian launch vehicle. So he went overseas and he got on board one of their rockets and he was the first American to do that. And oh, amazing. Boy, 1995 sure had a lot of space things happening. It DJ. did. And also in 95, President Bill Clinton indefinitely closed part of Pennsylvania Avenue in front of the White House um, to traffic, basically, in response to the recent Oklahoma City bombing. Ooh. Oh, we had to end on a down note, DJ. Yeah. Well, that was 95. That did happen. And that's kind of what was going on uh, when Clueless was being launched. And uh, DJ, I'm going to jump in here with some celebrities who uh, were born no were born that year but now they're dead how does this go <laughs> well how, how it generally works is if we're talking about a from the past then we're going to tell yes. you about who was born and uh, who's still famous today possibly now if it's something a little more recently like clueless well those folks are still making a name for themselves. Okay. So we're going to tell them we lost. I want to know if these names in front of me are people that were born. No, they died in 1995. Right. Correct? Correct. Oh, my God. Folks, you know, it's Friday. It's been a long week. Um, I just had a major brain fart. But let me, tell, let me lay this on you, kids. In 1995, uh, the following people uh, sadly passed away. I think you'll know some of them. Ginger Rogers at the age of 84. Oh, this is Elizabeth Montgomery. She was only 62. <clears throat> Lana Turner at the age of 74. Now, this is really sad. Bob Ross, that painter guy. Happy little trees and clouds and paint, paint, paint and uh, wipe your brush off. <laughs> Oh, he died at 53. That's awful. Jerry Garcia, also at 53. And Mickey Mouse, at, no, Mickey Mantle at age 64. And then finally, our beloved Dean Martin at age 78. All those people passed in way back in 95. Okay, so because Clueless is a movie, we like to tell you about what else was competing for your attention. So this is also in theaters in 1995. So for the record, Clueless that year uh, only scored 56 million. That made it number 32, 32, 32 at the box office. Now, it was... And folks, just, you know, just so you know, we never shy away from uh, box office uh, uh, movies that, that don't do so great. So... 
I mean, we could have talked about Toy Story, but we're not. <laughs> we're talking about Clueless. So some of the competition that year, and it was a tough year, as Toppy was just saying. Toy Story, one of the first films of its kind with computer animation through the entire thing. Toy Story was number one in 1995. Now, thinking back on that, that was 25 years ago. And uh, wow. But uh, some of the other films in the top of the box office that year, number two. And this also has tonight's film star, Alicia Silverstone, Batman Forever. Now, some fans will tell you it's not their favorite in the series of Batman movies, but it made $184 million. And number three that year was a Tom Hanks film. It was Apollo 13, and that was uh, $172 million at the box office. So there was a fair amount of competition going for Clueless. And, well, to put it another way, uh, one film that did a little better than Clueless was something that starred Brad Pitt. It was 12 Monkeys was in the number 31 slot. And that was $57 million that it brought in. Rats. Uh, uh, just a little more than Clueless. Yes. We had some uh, commentary in the chat room there, Toppy. And uh, I believe that we just lost a, uh, a celebrity in the last day or two. Well, I think today uh, Kingsley mentioned it. That's Diane Carroll. Who uh, was in kind of, I guess, groundbreaking TV show by virtue of the fact that being, uh, I think, the first female black lead in a, I believe it was a sitcom. Uh, She later, much later, turned up uh, as a character in Dynasty. You know what's sad, kids, that I don't know much about Diane Carroll. Do I want to say... Did she also have a singing career? Did she not? Or was she just complete, just an act, not just, was she only an actress? Um, and Kingsley in the chat room says, uh, um, uh, uh, Diane Carroll was also in Carmen Jones, so she must have been singing. <gasps> oh, she was in S- a Sunset Boulevard, Aunt Tudor says. I forgot about that. Yeah, definitely she was uh, a singing broad. I mean, an actress saying. Excellent. Toppy, I think that uh, before we actually get into the story, uh, we should probably play that clip, don't you? Play the trailer. So, okay. Like right now, for example, the Hadians need to come to America. But some people are all, what about the strain on our resources? And it's like when I had this garden party for my father's birthday, right? People came that, like, did not RSVP, so I was, like, totally bugging. I had to haul ass to the kitchen, squish in extra place settings, and, like, people were on mismatched chairs and all. But by the end of the day, it was, like, the more the merrier. And so, if the government could just get to the kitchen, rearrange some things, we could certainly party with the Hadians. Wow. You guys talk like grown-ups. Oh, well, this is a really good school. Mr. Hall was way harsh. He gave me a C minus. <laughs> well, he gave me a C, which drags down my entire average. Hello? There was a stop sign. 
I totally passed. You tried driving in platforms. Oh, should I write them a note? Ew, get off of me. Ah, oh, as if. Cher's got attitude about high school boys. It's a personal choice every woman has got to make for themselves. Cher's saving herself for Luke Perry. Cher, you're a virgin? I mean, I'm not prude. I'm just highly selective. I mean, you see how picky I am about my shoes, and they only go on my feet. Nice stems. Thanks. What the hell is that? A dress. Says who? Calvin Klein. What are you doing? Yo, you're getting on the freeway. Get out of the surgeon doesn't want me doing any activity where balls fly at my nose. Well, there goes your social life. I'm gonna be a supermodel. <laughs> there you go, folks. Uh, the first piece of trivia I must get out there, DJ. Uh, I, I hope this is true, but apparently when the scene in the classroom was being filmed and Alicia Silverstone as Cher was doing her little pr presentation on the Haitians. Uh, she really did not know how to pronounce it. And <laughs> she, it came out or however it did Haitian Haitians, but that was a real true goof uh, that the director kept in. <laughs> it was not in the script uh, <laughs> But everyone thought it was so funny, they kept it in. Uh, the story, DJ, just loosely, super briefly, is a rich high school student tries to boost a new pupil's popularity, but reckons without affairs of the heart getting in the way. DJ, one of the things that surprised me the most is that apparently this is a updated story of a very old book, Jane Austen's Emily. Did you know that? I sure as hell didn't. I didn't. No, I think that, uh, you know, as we get into the story here, we should uh, we should get a take on this, uh, you know, an opinion, if you will. We're going to uh, go back stage as it were we're we've joined our guest miss demand martini and uh, it was between events for her we had to catch up with her with her busy social calendar and we got to interview her in her dressing room so join us for a moment here Hi, everyone in the world. I'm Jamena Martini. I'm a DC area drag performer, cosplayer, theater artist. I'm, I'm the hostess of a cabaret that has been at a few different venues down here in Southern Maryland. It's called Eleanor's New Deal Cabaret. It is mostly a musical theater review. Uh, I'm the hostess of it, and I have very talented friends that perform with me there. And I also work with LGBTHQ, which is the hub of everything gay at conventions. 
and I got hooked up with them. Now it's been, it's now been over a year ago. I competed in a cosplay competition with them called Captain Green Lantern and, and, oh. and won. Is it a olive or is it an onion in your martini there? Oh, uh, so it's always a uh, uh, vodka martini, slightly dirty with three olives. Oh, <laughs> you selected Clueless. And tell us why. I was obsessed with this movie. It was, one, for whatever reason, Alicia Silverstone's character of Cher, who Cher is also in my gay holy trinity. Um, Cher, yeah. <laughs> Cher, Judy Garland, and Madonna are, are my holy trinity, followed very closely by Joan Crawford. It, for whatever reason, it spoke to me. It maybe had to do with the super modern sensibility. Again, growing up as a queer kid in a small town, being like, oh my gosh, how glamorous her life is. You know, she's beautiful. She has all these beautiful friends. She she gets the super cute boyfriend by the end of the movie. Maybe without even realizing it, it was one of maybe the first positive portrayals of a gay teenage character that I remember seeing. Um, growing up, like he wasn't made fun of, he didn't have AIDS and die. He, he he wasn't the villain, so he was just the the fashionable gay best friend, which then became a whole trope in the '90s, very referenced in the amazing film Broken Hearts Club, where they talk about you know you can only either be a suffering AIDS victim or you know the fashionable gay best friend of of the female protagonist. And folks, uh, this is Toppy Live now. If you're getting the impression that Demanda Martini is a high-energy individual, uh, you'd be correct. Uh, we uh, we uh, were amazed how she just engaged us with her fun personality and uh, great knowledge of this movie, which she chose. And uh, DJ... We're going to have more of Demanda, but let's uh, let's go over the cast, DJ. What do you, what do we know about Alicia Silverstone? Alrighty, well, Alicia Silverstone is a native San Franciscan, so she is a California girl, uh, Northern actually. Uh, if you if you look at the map. Uh, she started in her childhood acting, including guest spots on shows like The Wonder Years. And then in her young adulthood, she was in several Aerosmith music videos. Now, there was a time when people used to call her that Aerosmith girl, and, well, it just went against the grain. Uh, prior to Clueless, she started... Yes? Let me just jump in there. And it was in these music videos that the director of Clueless saw her. And when uh, she saw her... Um, the director who who's a female, uh, let me, oh goodness, all of a sudden her name is escaping me, uh, DJ. Amy Heckerling. Know? Yes, thank you, Jeepers Creepers. Uh, when Amy saw Alicia in those videos, she said, that's it. She's Cher. I want her. And uh, yeah, Kingsley guessed it too. And uh, that is how uh, over dinner, <laughs> Hecklinger uh, uh, had dinner with Silverstone, and it was a done deal. Alicia Silverstone never tried out or auditioned for this role. Hecklinger said, you're it. And Hmm. she was. Now, prior to Clueless, uh, Alicia Silverstone starred in three TV movies, and she had several guest roles in other TV shows. 
1995, Alicia, well, she starred in four otherwise forgettable movies. These, yeah, yeah uh, they were called La Nouveau Monde. Uh, one was called Highway and The Babysitter. Uh, she continued this trend before 1997's. Oh, I'm sorry. It wasn't the movie from 95. It was 97 that she was in a Batman movie. Batman and Robin. Now okay, that, that makes more sense. Yes, and that one was the film that starred Arnold Schwarzenegger in the role of the villain. So that was a George Clooney Batman movie with Chris Evans. And she played Batgirl in that in 97. So uh, also a few years later in one of my personal favorites in 99, she starred with Brendan Fraser, uh, who sort of owes his fame to MTV celebrity Polly Shore because his breakout role was in... Uh, Encino Man, which was about a caveman. He was pretty to look at. And, you know, muscles, not necessarily brains. But uh, anyways, Brendan Fraser starred in a movie in 99 with Alicia Silverstone called Blast from the Past. And the happy little coincidence that you'll see, the accident that happens in this, is that they've hired... A, uh, a seasoned actor to play the dad in this movie, and it's none other than creepy, creepy, uh, you know, professional creepy, Chris- <laughs> Christopher Walken. Yeah. So, you know, he's, for once, he's not playing the, the bloodthirsty creepy, he's playing the dad creepy. And uh, also, most recently, Alicia Silverstone appeared in the 2018 film with uh, formerly Murphy Brown, Candace Bergen. She's this, the original Sprint Dime Lady, if you don't know. And Ted Danson's wife, Mary Steenbergen, in Book Club in 2018. And then just lastly, a little more about Alicia. She starred in, she's had uh, several supporting roles in seven films in the last five years. And in her private life, she's an animal rights activist and a vegetarian. She even authored a vegan cookbook. All right. DJ, I want to, I want you to back up. Mm-hmm. I think this was uh, in association with Candace Bergen, and she was the original Five and Dime. What did you say? Oh, Explain that. sure. In the heyday of the 80s, when it used to be rather expensive to make a long-distance call, there was a, a war between companies like MCI and Sprint and all those folks that had commercials to say, you know, call your friends and family after seven and we'll give you a special rate. Well, Candace Bergen did commercials for Sprint in the 80s when their advertising gimmick was that it was only 10 cents a minute. So she okay. was the dime lady. Ah, right. Now I get it. Uh, a DJ, a news a trivia fact from our pal Kingsley in the chat room. He said... <laughs> He says Alicia Silverstone had controversy because she used to chew her son's food and spit it in his mouth to feed him. I yeah, I heard about that. It was it was uh, basically spotted in public, and it was like a mama bird sighting. <sighs> yeah. So wow. Uh, no, Toppy, we've got a few other folks in the cast here. Why don't you tell the, the listeners about her co-star, Miss Stacy Dash, who played her best friend, Dion? Yeah, uh, she um, is uh, just as uh, fashion savvy 
and uh, as a share. And Stacy Dash, a very attractive woman, uh, prior to Clueless, she starred in Renaissance Man in 1994, directed by Penny Marshall. Danny DeVito was in that. Uh, in her early career, she was cast opposite Richard Pryor in Moving from 1988, uh, perhaps one of Richard Pryor's lesser comedies. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, she played Richard Pryor's daughter. Uh, she had guest roles on The Cosby Show and St. Elsewhere on television. Uh, later, she would star opposite Gwyneth Paltrow and Christina, Christina Applegate in View from the Top. Uh, that's from 2003. Now, today, uh, Stacey Dash is uh, still acting, and she's doing a lot of voice work. Uh, for example... Uh, on TV, she was in my favorite sci-fi channels, Sharknado 4. <laughs> you can, I mean, can, you gotta love it, kids. Uh, it's also, uh, she took a break, uh, which is commendable, I think. She said, I'm going to raise a family. And so she took a break and did that. Um, and, uh, from 2014, I did not know this from 2014 to 2017, she worked as a consultant for eh, Fox news. <laughs> well, you know, you gotta, yeah. you gotta keep the money coming. Listen, she needed a job. Okay. There you go. And, uh, breaking news toppy. I was going to mention this, but, uh, a side note on those notes, Miss Stacy Dash has found herself in the public eye once again recently. I do believe she's on hubby number three, maybe is it four? And uh, well, let's just say she who is cited possibly in a moment of domestic violence with the the latest man to cross the threshold with her. Mm, I don't like to hear that. Yeah, uh, we wish uh, Stacy Dash all the best. Uh, 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 DJ, there is another uh, pal in this uh, duo of women. They were actually a trio of friends in Clueless. Who is the third friend here in Clueless? All righty. So uh, Ty, who is the, the new girl, she moved in from out of town. And you can only imagine with the accent that she had. She was probably an East Coast girl. She sounded like she might have been from Brooklyn and uh, she moved in and became the pet project. But the character of Ty was portrayed by Brittany Murphy. Now, this is a personal favorite, and I'll tell you a little more later here. Brittany Murphy is no longer with us, sadly. She, we, we lost her at the young age of 32, and uh, I'll get into that more in a moment here. But Brittany Murphy was an Atlanta native. Her first acting role was in guest appearances on shows like Murphy Brown, the, you know, the dime lady. Um, and just before Clueless, she had a semi-recurring character on a Jack Hay Harry series. You know, the girl from 227 with the big hair and the mm-hmm, Mary. <laughs> she was in Sister, Sister. That was a 90s sitcom. And uh, let's see, in, she had 11 film roles over the next five years following that recurring character. Oh, she was a busy gal. She sure was. And she got to work with just a boatload of stars. She worked with Keith Sutherland and Reese Witherspoon in a 96 movie called Freeway. 
She was in a movie with Jack Black in 98 called Bong Water, because, you know, it's got Jack Black in it. Hmm. Uh, in, <laughs> in 99, this is a personal favorite. This movie has Winona Ryder in it in the lead role, but it also stars Angelina Jolie in one of her early roles, and it's called Girl Interrupted. And if you, ha- if you need another reason to see this movie... Whoopi Goldberg has a, a cameo role as a, a mental hospital nurse in it. This was not a comedy, correct? This was actually a very serious movie. It, Am I thinking of the right movie? Yes, it was a very dark film in 99, but it was quite wonderful to watch because, uh, you know, you, you had an ensemble cast of these women and they were each there for a different reason. I remember this uh, and I remember, you know, this was a heavy movie, but a, a very good uh, movie. Yes, go it ahead. It was. And uh, then after Girl Interrupted, in 2001, she starred in a movie with Drew Barrymore, you know, in the latest Charlie's Angels movies. And it was called Riding in Cars with Boys. And uh, that was towards the end of her short career. She did a couple of more things. Uh, One of my favorites I'll talk about later. It's possibly a recommendation. Stick around. Um, But uh, Brittany Murphy also did quite a bit of voice work. If you've ever seen the sort of spinoff of the 90s Beavis and Butthead show, it was a show called King of the Hill. It took place in Texas. And the guy sold propane, and it was all about him and his wife and his kid and the the neighborhood friends. Well, Brittany Murphy did the voice of the daughter character, Luann, and it was King of the Hill. She did that for 13 seasons before she passed. Good for her. Now, what do you want to talk about her passing? I know nothing Well, um, if you do a little reading on Miss Brittany Murphy, at this time, her death is sort of a mystery. Now... It's been investigated, and it's ongoing, apparently, and it's been more than a few years now. I want to say it's been five to ten years, but basically a year after her passing, her husband passed away from a similar uh, diagnosis. They say that she had pneumonia, and, uh, well, the, 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 um, the forensics people who've investigated have said that they found trace elements in her hair and clothing, but at this point, they're not pursuing any charges because they don't have any suspects. But essentially, the only people living in the house with Brittany Murphy and her husband were her mother. So the person who was uh, having it looked into was her estranged father. Oh, all right. Um, so it goes on, but yes, okay. very dark and very sad because we lost her at the ripe young age of 32. Uh, she's wonderful and clueless, that's for sure. It's intermission time, folks. Uh, this means it's good, a uh, good time to go fill your class, and uh, and we'll be back. Uh, 
<clears throat> let's go on with the cast. Uh, we've got one more uh, here. Well, two more, but I'll I'll talk. You're going to talk about Paul Rudd, DG, but I'm going to talk about <laughs> my favorite, Wallace Shawn. Now, Wallace Shawn uh, uh, was actually an actor that uh, you, your hubby, and our pal Tommy here, right in the chat room, went over to Firepoint uh, over there in the Maryland's, and he was a guest. And so we got to see him in person. I learned a lot of things from his little presentation. And I guess he sounds like, I mean, that's not a put on voice. That's his voice. Anyways, uh, Wallace Shawn, what can we say? In the movie, uh, uh, he plays uh, the English teacher, shares English teacher, and... Uh, he very comically has a lot of reactions to the things that she says. Uh, I liked his role because they were not making fun of him. And he had a heart. And although he clearly thought he had a room full of kooky students, he loved them. And he was guiding them. So this is a really charming role for Wallace Shawn in uh, Clueless. Uh, but to uh, very briefly talk about his career, he had a recurring guest role on The Cosby Show for six episodes. He was also on Murphy Brown. Uh, he started out long ago in an independent movie that famously uh, ran forever in independent theaters. It was so popular and very odd. It was called My Dinner with Andre from 1981, directed by Louis, Louis Mao. It was written uh, by and starring Andre Gregory, uh, who is the title role of My Dinner with Andre, a very interesting avant-garde movie uh also famously we love him in the princess bride don't we in from 1987 uh on tv he was on star trek's deep space nine as grand nagus zek that was the same year as clueless when he debuted that character he was cast as the voice in toy story uh, that would be Rex the Slinky Dog. And most recently, uh, Sean Wallace Sean has been. Have I been calling him Sean Wallace? I hope <laughs> not. Uh, most recently, Wallace Sean has been a reoccurring character on CBS's Young Sheldon. And, uh, all I can say is if you don't know who this guy is, when you see him, you'll say, oh, that guy. <laughs> So uh, there you go, folks. Now, last but not least, DJ, who uh, was this handsome lad uh, yeah, that was also in Clueless by the name of, well, Paul Rudd? Well, I'd love to tell you about Mr. Paul Rudd, Dobby, but I think that our fabulous guest has something else to say, and we will get right back to that point. Amanda, you mentioned this is one of your favorites. It's it, it is, and also I I feel like this was the sort of bridge gap between like the '80s high school movies, like um like Porky's and Breakfast Club and things like that. It was like the perfect bridge to then the late '90s high school movies like American Pie, 
where it still felt felt very 90s, but also was very still very high school centric. So this movie came out when I was in middle school. Mm -hmm. So I saw it when it first opened and then I saw it seven more times at the theater. (laughs) And then when it finally came out on VHS, yes, VHS, Mm -hmm. I watched it every day for an entire summer. I was so obsessed with this movie. So I watched it this morning to sort of refresh myself again. And I... It was really bad. So I was watching with my roommate and I literally just talked along to the entire movie because I've memorized the entire thing. If you had to pick somebody that wasn't Cher or Dion, who would you say is your favorite secondary character? So so Amber, so Brecken Meyer's character, Travis, mm-hmm. because he's he's just meant to like at first, he's just meant to be like the idiot stoner character, but he really is lovable. And also Brecken Meyer is super cute, but he's, he's just, he's just cute. And like, you can tell that he has like genuine, like feelings and attraction towards Ty. And when, and like my favorite scene with him is when he comes in at the end and, and, or towards the end of the movie. And he's got all of this stuff to donate to the Pismo beach disaster relief. And (laughs) And it's and, and it's like one of the things is his bong, and he's like he's he's like oh I need to um, you know apologize for for your shoes and Cher of course is like whatever like it's shoes and 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 she's like oh wait because then she recognized that he's like part of like his twelve step program and I'm, I was just like that is that's really really cute and I I really I really like Travis. And uh, Demanda brought up a few good points about, uh, you know, uh, how gay people were portrayed in media. And we'll get to that uh, in just a little bit here. But returning to Mr. Paul Rudd, who played the stepbrother of the main character, uh, Cher. And uh, I'm trying to remember his his actual name. But anyways, Paul Rudd. Uh, is comedian, screenwriter, and he's also a film producer. He studied theater at the University of Kansas and the American Academy of Dramatic Arts before making his acting debut in 92 with the series on NBC called Sisters. Now, uh, Mr. Rudd was has had quite a busy career. We'll just uh, briefly trek through these. He's been in uh, Romeo and Juliet in just the year after Clueless. Wet Hot American Summer in 2001, Anchorman, uh, that's the movie about, you know, Ron Burgundy, Bill, uh, Will Ferrell's character in 2004, also in 40-Year-Old Virgin in 2005, Knocked Up in 07, Role Models in 08, I Love You Man in 09, which was sort of a bromance movie, and it just keeps going on and on. He's also notable as Scott Lang or Ant-Man in the much more recent Marvel Cinematic Universe Ant-Man movies that were done. There's been about two of them. Uh, first in 2015. He also was in Captain America Civil War in 2016. And then the newer Ant-Man and the Wasp, which was the second of the Ant-Man movies in 2018. And then most recently, Avengers Endgame. Now, in addition to his film career, Rudd has appeared in numerous TV shows, including on NBC, in Friends as Phoebe's boyfriend, and her eventual husband, Mike. And then he also had guest roles on the Tim and Eric Awesome Show. Now, that's a a show that was on... um, Cartoon Network, I think. 
I have no idea. <laughs> oh, it, it, that is a treat, Toppy. That's like it, it's purposefully made to look like a low-budget cable access show. Uh, there are uh, animations of uh, cats in fits and explosions, the likes of comic books. Uh, but yeah, Tim and Eric Awesome Show is also in Parks and Recreation, and he's hosted Saturday Night Live, and he received his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 2015. There you go. Yeah. Uh, that's Paul Rudd, handsome man. Uh, uh, we are going to uh, only talk about one part of the creative team to make room for more of uh, Demanda's Eclipse. But uh, the most important thing about Clueless is the director, Amy Heckerling. Now, she, f- her featured debut movie was the one and only 1982 Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which was also a, a high school uh, comedy with a heart. Uh DJ, I learned when I saw Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which I thought, before I saw it, was just a dopey comedy. And similarly, I thought Clueless was just a dopey comedy, before I saw it. I should have known, because it was a work by Amy Heckerling, that both of these movies Uh, Fast Times and Clueless have a great heart. And that's the most important thing you need to know about Clueless and the director, Amy Heckerling. Heckerling, I'm very sorry. Heckerling. She knows how to do comedy, and yet it's more than just silly comedy. Uh, DJ... Anything to add to that uh, as far as the connection between Fast Times and Clueless or anything about Amy? Well, um, you know, just a side piece of trivia there. Amy Heckerling was once romantically linked with the actor who played the horribly racist immigrant character on ABC's Perfect Strangers, Mr. Bronson Pinchot, who played Balky Bartokomus. I only know this because uh, Mr. Pinchot has a reality show where he does um, home improvement, and in the intro he mentions fleetingly that he left Hollywood after a romance went astray so um yeah you, you can connect the dots there but yeah fast times at ridgemont high and clueless so she's no stranger to uh you know the high school setting to teen drama and certainly beverly hills was topical at the time because just a few years before on fox you had beverly hills 90210 mm-hmm also, by the way, kids, Alicia Silverstone in real life actually attended uh, Beverly Hills High, as did at least one other cast mem- member who I cannot remember. <laughs> um, anyways, these are good works. 
actually, let's get in more clips from Demanda, shall we? Certainly. Now, uh, I'm going to play this in one sec, but uh, in the last clip, Demanda mentioned how the gay best friend in this movie wasn't somebody who just simply died of AIDS, which was a trope in the 80s at the height of the AIDS crisis. Now, uh, a few important things happened just around the time of Clueless in 95. Real quickly, in 93, two years before, Tom Hanks was in a film well-received with Denzel Washington called Philadelphia. It was the story of a Philadelphia attorney who was HIV positive. And uh, in the summer of 94, the year before Clueless, MTV began airing the third season of its reality show about people living in a house together, the real world. This one's set in San Francisco, and uh, among the house was a uh, a young man named Pedro Zamora. Now, he was introduced as an AIDS educator, but uh, Mr. Zamora was HIV positive. And after the filming season completed, uh, Pedro passed away six months later. So uh, he was one of the first people portrayed on media as having HIV. Well, as, he, as I said, he died six months later. Also in the summer 94, ABC premiered a series called My So-Called Life. Now, this was important because it was another teen drama. And although it was only 19 episodes and it got canceled, it introduced Wilson Cruz in the role of a 15-year-old Ricky Vasquez, who was an openly gay boy, who was raised by his uncle. Now, uh, a side note on that, the uh, the star of that show, Claire Danes, well, she almost wasn't the star because the star of Clueless, Alicia Silverstone, auditioned for the role. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It all comes around. Uh, just to clarify, uh, that MTV show, Real Life. Uh, Real World. Uh, yes, thank you. Um is perhaps what you could call one of the first reality television. And so Pedro would, was not acting. He they, they were filming him as himself. Let's get to uh, some demand goodness, okay. DJ. Yeah, and, I, and I also love like when Cher in the opening scene turns on her computer to choose her outfit for the day. And I'm like, oh my God, first of all, that technology is so ridiculous. But like, I just remember being like, that is the peak, peak of privilege. Being like, I'm just gonna turn on my computer that's gonna scan through my entire closet and just pick an outfit for me. Um, it was fantastic. The costuming in Clueless is a big part of the movie's appeal today. So is there a particular look from any of the characters in Clueless that inspired you the most, such that uh, made you want to imitate or parody them uh, in some way? Well, so so the, the fashion in the movie is such an important part of it, because, again, yeah. it's that idealized, you know, LA kind of look that like people really really wanted to see and Alicia Silverstone and Stacey Dash's characters are definitely like they're they're what like every quote unquote every teen girl wanted to aspire to be and then their friend Amber who I found her fashion choices to be super awesome I related more to like Amber's like super crazy nonsense because again like that's kind of my aesthetic 
like with her pippy long stocking hair and like uh. the plaid um, thigh high leggings. And I'm like, so eventually Dax and I, have, uh, we, we like to do a, a lot of like cosplay looks together. And I've talked about doing a clueless look. And she's like, well, obviously I'm Cher. And I'm like, okay, cool. You can be Cher. She's like, well, then that means that you're Dion. And I'm like, mm, see, I'm not Dion. If you're going to be Cher, then I'm going to be Amber. And she was, holy shit, you are right. You are Amber. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I am. So I, there, there is w- one of her looks, and it's the look that she wears uh, when they do like the weird photo shoot when Cher is trying to get, trying to get the boy who turns out to be super creepy to like tie. <laughs> Elton, Elton, when she's trying to get Elton to like tie during that like photo shoot scene, when she's got like the pippy long stocking hair and the short plaid skirt and the plaid leggings. And it is such nonsense that I need to have it in my life. (laughs) And by the way, folks, all those weird noises was me laughing. It's just that we were having real Skype issues uh, when we recorded this, but that's what those weird noises were. It was me laughing. Oh, DJ. Oh, my goodness. If what you hear sounds like it was fun, it sure was. In fact, there's a lot more of Demanda. Now, Toppy, where can they hear more of our conversation with Demanda? Well, on an upcoming episode of the other podcast that I do, it's called The Smellcast. You can find it at thesmellcast.com. Because it's so fun, you need to hear it. And uh, so there'll be a lot more of demand uh, there, and you can hear the uh, the entire interview. And because this lady is multifaceted, she has so many talents. In fact, she does cosplay. So she dresses up as comic book characters, which is right in Toppy's wheelhouse, if you're not familiar. <laughs> oh, listen. I mean... Uh, we could have shoved DJ out of the room, and Demand and I could have spent the next two hours just talking about comic books. But anyways, <laughs> uh, that is coming up on... You'll have it before the holidays, folks. Yes, way before the holidays. So, Toppy, I figure before we go on and give our uh, our thoughts on other films and such, we'll just talk a little bit about 1995, because if you didn't notice, or if you haven't seen Clueless, these are teenagers, and what are they carrying around with them everywhere, Toppy? They're, they're uh, you know, practically surgically attached. Yes, um, and this is really early on in this phenomenon, but what do they have in their hands? And it's parodied quite a bit, but they all have phones, now they, cell phones. Yeah, now, but also they have pagers, which that's pretty much gone by the wayside now. But uh, cell phones first were demonstrated in 73, way, way back by Motorola, and they weighed four and a half pounds. And they were first commercially available in 84. Motorola's Dynatac had a retail price of almost $4,000. Now, in today's money, that would be about ten grand just for a phone that you could, you know, use well in your car. Uh, the first person-to-person text message was sent in Finland in 93, so just two years before Clueless. That's why you didn't see them texting. They didn't have it yet. It didn't become popular in the U.S. until 97, so two years after Clueless, Nokia introduced 
a full keyboard phone called the Communicator. And then just a couple of other references here to cell phones in 97. Motorola first introduced the StarTac, which is the very first flip phone. Now you could put it in a pocket. You didn't have to, you know, put it in your bag because it was huge and it was like a brick. And until the late 90s, people often carried a pager because then cell phones were expensive. Well, you know, 10 grand. Uh, And in 2002, so quite a bit later, but it was still five full years before the very first iPhone came out. T-Mobile was ahead of the game. They introduced a phone called the Sidekick. Now, this was made by Sharp. But the Sidekick had a full keyboard, and you had internet-based World Wide Web. So they called it the mobile web then, So a whole five years before the iPhone. And I had a boss that used to get a new Sidekick every year, I swear. She had a friend in the cell phone biz, and it used to be the thing that you whipped it out, and it was like... Maxwell Smart and his shoe phone, the screen swiveled on the end and you had a whole keyboard there. You didn't have to press the stupid button six times just to get part of a smiley face. Uh, At any rate, the fun thing about this movie is all the little bits about cell phones, which was new back then. And uh, the director, Amy, she already understood what was funny about them. Let's get our last Amanda clip in there. Okay. So folks, we normally round out our program with a discussion about similar things. So if you like Clueless, this is something that you might also enjoy. We call this our snack tray and Amanda or Demanda is going to lead us in that discussion. If you like Clueless Demanda and you are looking for something else to watch, is there another program you might recommend to fans of this? Um, Clueless definitely fits into the vein of, again, depending on how dark you want to go and then like how like socially conscious you want to be. So like from Heather's where it definitely like still has like social commentary, but definitely in like that dark satire sense and then taking it to like mean girls where still still very um it's still very funny still very quotable but also you know tina fey really making it be like don't be these people these people are terrible um another fun thing that a lot of people don't really realize until they start like digging into it is that um clueless is also based on the jane austen book um emma no kidding. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, it's based on Emma. And so around the same time, I want to say maybe 96, 97, um, Gwyneth Paltrow um, was in a movie adaptation of Emma. And it's also, it's actually a very cute adaptation. It's actually um, quite nice. And because I, 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 of course, I, of course, like had read that it was based on Emma. And I was like, well, obviously I'm not reading Jane Austen because snooze fest. Um but, but I did watch the movie and it was actually, I was like, oh no, yeah, this totally does like translate to, to, to Clueless. Like it, it really shocked me like how, like how they real how Clueless and Amy Heckerling really did adapt that movie to current times. Mm. So, so, but yeah, so it's, it's also a fun little thing if you ever, you know, kind of want to get a little bit of what the original was. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Demanda Martini, D-M-A-N-D-A Martini. Um, you don't put the apostrophe because, you know, 
computers get weird about that. You can find me on any one of those okay. platforms. Again, I'm the hostess of Eleanor's New Deal Cabaret. You can find that on uh, Facebook. Uh, we normally perform our next show with Eleanor's New Deal Cabaret is going to be December 29th at the New Deal Cafe, which is, was our original venue located in um, Greenbelt, Maryland. You can also uh, find information about uh, future events on uh, LGBTHQ's website, lgbthq.info, or follow them on uh, Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. I pretty much post everything that that I do, uh, any upcoming events. The next convention that I will be appearing at with LGBTHQ is Anime USA, uh, which is in uh, the first weekend of November. Um, I'll also be, oh, I forgot, I almost, I'm going to be making an appearance at the, it's called Monster Mania, uh, which is also held at the same hotel as Farpoint. I'm going to be um, a cosplay guest with Farpoint Convention on the Sunday. I believe it's Sunday, October 6th. I'll, I'll, I'll be at their table on that on that Sunday. Come find me, message me. Um, I also am going to be doing, there. there is a fan out there. She wanted some makeup tips. So we set up a, a little meet and greet. So I'll be helping her with with her makeup i also do photo shoots with a cosplay group called that shady squad you can find them at that shady squad on instagram and um, i'm also appearing currently right now in creative cosplay magazine i'm featured in there with that shady squad that magazine is on sale now on at uh, creative cosplays instagram folks i'm telling you she's something and just once again if you would like to hear our talk with demanda in its entirety uh, it's going to be on a very soon uh, to be future episode of the Smellcast. so toppy indulge us tell us what's on your snack tray what else do you think our listeners might enjoy if they liked uh, clueless well <clears throat> Uh, I, I got some here now. I, I'm going to say um, that uh, that Heather's from 1989 is a weirdo, but dark, weird high school comedy with Renona, Winona Ryder, Christian Slater. Maybe the most famous of all of these high school movies uh, in modernity, is that a word, Uh, is The Breakfast Club. Of course it is, from 1985. Um, That has the whole Brat Pack, as they were called, as they would come to be called, Emilio Estevez, Paul Gleason, Anthony Michael Hall, Molly Ringwald, Ali Sheedy. Um, I'm just going to mention a couple, if you want to go older, uh, movies, they might even be black and white. Mm. Careful. Uh, don't be shocked. Uh, but, uh, I, I do love my older movies. So as a drama, well, <clears throat> you can't get much better than 1955's Blackboard Jungle, a high school drama with Glenn Ford. And who? does not love Sidney Poitier in 1967's To Sir with Love, one of my all-time favorite movies about a teacher uh, actually here in the United Kingdom and in, in the UK, and he is struggling to teach a rowdy bunch of teens in high school. And finally... This Halloween, why don't you go out there and see uh, 
the movie from 19, uh, wait a minute, that is, that's not true. It must be 57, 1957, with a young Michael Landon, and it's called I Was a Teenage Werewolf. There you go, TJ. Oh, that probably is the story that inspired the later Michael J. Fox movie. Well, kind of, it is, uh, but uh, yeah. Okay, so my recommendations are going to include the cast from Clueless. So we've got Miss Alicia Silverstone. And as I already mentioned, she did a movie in 99 with Brendan Fraser, Blast from the Past. I love this movie. It's retro. The family goes into the bomb shelter thinking that the bomb's been dropped. And, well, they end up, uh, you know, sticking their heads out later on to find out the world didn't end. (laughs) Uh, But Alicia Silverstone plays a girl from Pasadena in that. Uh, and then Stacy Dash, who is the bestie in Clueless, Dion, she's in a rather wonderful film starring Christina Applegate from Married with Children. I have this top yet. Maybe a future episode of our show. Whoa. It's called View from the Top. <gasps> and uh, I'm sorry, uh, it's not Christina Applegate. Apologies, backpedaling here. It's Gwyneth Paltrow, and it's oh. these ladies that go to a flight attendant school. Oh, uh, and it actually also has Candace Bergen in it. The Dime Lady again. Um, <laughs> let's see now. Just uh, one more. Well, maybe two more recommendations. Miss Brittany Murphy was in a fantastic movie in 2003 that had Heather Locklear as the daughter of the girl she was babysitting. Her character was a little bit of a Richie. She was a well-to-do girl who was down on her luck because daddy passed away and he had all the money. And it was called Uptown Girls. Mm. And then lastly, because Clueless took place in Beverly Hills, I need my 80s nostalgia. So we're going to recommend a little something from 89 with a member of the cast from Cheers. This mm. got Shelley Long in it, and it's <gasps> called True Beverly Hills. Oh, DJ. <laughs> because we don't need no stinking patches (laughs) oh my god that's fun that's very fun folks uh in addition there's just a slew of high school themed television shows across the years look them up uh i'm just gonna throw this in fast because it's the one I remember. It was a little revolutionary for his time, but it was called James at 15. And as he grew older, they changed the name to James at 16, an underrated TV show with Lance Kerwin uh, portraying a teen. Um, and uh, anyways, that was in the freaking 70s. So, if folk, uh, DJ, we are keeping our friends in the chat room much longer we uh, that an hour we yes, need the wrap up we do and i just wanted to make mention that we have another univos host in the chat room for their very first time tlb tim tastes like burning Thank you for joining us this fine evening. Now, Toppy, I think it's time we tell the folks what's coming up next. Shall we go ahead and get out those coins? Uh yeah, but before you yeah, go ahead. Get the, get the magic coins out, DJ. Ooh. 
now before you go ahead and uh, have me uh, hand me that capsule toppy, yeah. we we have a new little feature here. Now, whenever oh. we have a listener request that's come across our desk, <gasps> you're going to hear a special tone that lets you know this is a listener request. <laughs> oh, look, Norman, it's the loons. They've come back. It makes perfect sense, DJ. <laughs> Are you telling me that the next movie we're going to uh, uh, purview, review, and such is a listener request? It is. Next time on Matinee Minutia, a mid-70s comedy, mystery, thriller, a group of five detectives are invited to a countryside estate for dinner and a murder. This film stars Truman Capote before he was in Annie Hall and Eileen Brennan before she starred with Goldie Hawn in Private Benjamin. Next time on Matinee Minutia, Friday, November 18th, Murder by Death. TB, uh, TLB Tim, who, who was just here, uh, I... I I cannot let the show end by not telling you uh, he does, uh, uh, Tim does a podcast also on the Univaz network like this little shoe. And uh, my goodness, if you haven't heard it, you should. Never, and I mean this seriously, never have I heard anyone so naturally funny as Tim. And he does the show with his husband. And honestly, it's worth listening to. So uh, it's Taste Like Burning, kids. That's the name of the podcast. Find it at all of your favorite places to find podcasts. I have heard it from a little birdie that Taste Like Burning might be thinking of joining us on Univaz for a live show. So if you folks uh, enjoy Matinee Minutia and you like Taste Like Burning, drop Tim and James a note to let them know they need to do a live show on Univaz, and that's tlbshow at gmail.com. Oh, my God, <laughs> folks. Oh, thank you, chat room. Uh, that's Aunt Tudor Crone, Kingsley, TBLT, uh, TB. TLB Tim and our pal Tommy. Thank you so much for coming by. And Nightbot, shut up, you stupid dumb. God damn, I hate you, Nightbot. Say good night, Gracie. <laughs> All right, folks. Good night, Gracie. Thank you for listening to Matinee Minutia. Our program is live every other Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Go to univospods.net. Click the tower for streaming audio. Enter Discord for our chat room. You can find this show wherever you listen to podcasts. Find us on Twitter at Matinee Minutia. Join our Facebook group or visit our webpage at matineeminutia.com. Have an idea for a future show or just want to message us? Email us at matineeminutia at gmail.com. Just gone wild with Matt and Tom. Speak up. The Smellcast by Tommy Smelly. Be heard. Tastes like burning with Tim and James. Unique voices in podcasting. The Shy Life Podcast with me, Paul the Shy Yeti. 
Univazpods.net.